August 3rd, 1997. Garth Brooks performed a free concert in Central Park for HBO. Or was it Chris Gaines? Manchester United beat Chelsea to win the charity shield. Who the? Who are you? What? Huh? Aaron? Jesus! What happened? Somebody hit me with a chair? We just saw a masked man running out of the room before we came in. It must have been him. How do you feel? Do you think you'll be able to keep recording? Keep recording what? Our podcast. We have a podcast? Oh, right. I remember. Welcome to First Wives Cast, the podcast where we attempt to make sense of the 1996 hit comedy, The First Wives Club. You don't remember anything about our wrestling podcast? A wrestling podcast? That sounds fun. Are we going to talk about SummerSlam next week? No, we're going to talk about SummerSlam from 1997. We've been talking about the Attitude Era. Wait a minute. You have amnesia, but you remembered SummerSlam is next week? I'm pretty sure I couldn't forget that. You guys, this is bad. How can we do the pot if Aaron can't remember anything? I mean, it can't be like actual amnesia. It's probably like soap opera amnesia. Maybe it's temporary, like when Austin got paralyzed that time. I might not remember anything, but I'm pretty sure soap opera amnesia is not an actual diagnosis. So what do you suggest? Well, maybe you just need some reminding to jog your memory. You know, that just might work. After all, we've had lots of great memories on the pod. Like what? Well, for one thing, we did a pretty good job explaining how Austin 316 came about. So the story goes that he went to the hospital and didn't realize didn't know that Jake the Snake, I think before his match, had cut a promo that was had all the Bible references in it. So Austin did not have this prepared necessarily to throw back at Jake the Snake. On his way back from, the, when he got back from the hospital, literally moments were going out. Doc Hendricks, mm-hmm. uh, who was formerly Michael Hayes from the Fabulous Freebirds, uh, tells him, hey, just so you know, Jake just cut this promo if you want to work into anything. So oh, that, where it was like, like, I was blind and now I see? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he, Austin was in the hospital for that. So he missed that. Oh, that's the story, at least, um, that he missed that. And then when he came back backstage, someone told him, like, that's what Jake said. So if you want to work that in. And now gave birth to this so, yeah. famous line. Uh, so, but the match itself, do we want to talk about the match first? Or that sure. match was terrible. Okay. Sure. Well, I mean, it's basically just him ripping out, like, it was like a teddy bear getting his stuffing <laughs> ripped out of him. <laughs> unwrapping, like, it was like one of those, uh, YouTube videos where, like, the unwrapping of a, of a Jake the Snake doll. <laughs> like, and the, look, and I can, I can move his arms? And... and the snake is still in the bag, and he's very, very scared. <laughs> Guys, that snake is terrified. I'm pretty sure they put that snake in a freezer for like an hour before the show. And then it's just, it comes out and it's just like barely moving until it gets sunlight. But then the end of this match then gives birth to the Austin 316, which would then be uh, emblazoned on every single kind of merchandise for for all eternity. You sit there and you thump your Bible and you say your prayers and it didn't get you anywhere. Talk about your Psalms, talk about John 316. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. I had I had in my notes, I went, Austin 316, is that what this means? I, <laughs> yeah. I had been seeing this for all my life yeah. and I was like, what the fuck is this? It came from this. So he was, quote, John, Jay the Snake was quoting 
uh, John 3.16, I think either in the promo time or in previous promos, and that's where he came back, Austin came back in with this like, oh yeah, you love your John 3.16, well Austin 3.16 said, I just whipped your ass. And that, I mean, took off one of the most famous things ever said on television, period. And he's just, he's so good at like coming with off like off the cuff kind of thing because he starts off the first thing I want to be done is to get that piece of crap out of the ring he then realizes that he's out of the ring and he goes oh wait don't just get him out of the ring get him out of the WWF because <laughs> I prove without a shadow of a doubt you ain't got what it takes anymore did he did he retire Jake at this point was that what the match that retired him I believe so I would have to look that up. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, also, that there was a reference. Austin also referenced his alcoholism. Yes, he said Jake should go back to drinking. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, maybe like, said take some pills. I don't remember. He go buy a cheap bottle of Thunderbird and try to dig out some of that courage you had in your prime. What the fuck? It, I mean, it is a it is savage. He is fire on the mic. It is so good. Ether. Ether. Wow, that was informative and entertaining. Yeah, that's kind of our deal here. More importantly, did it ring any bells? Not really. I already knew most of that stuff. Speaking of bells, how about the Liberty Bell? Aaron, what's the first thing you think of when you think of the Liberty Bell? Philadelphia. Nope. Um, Benjamin Franklin? Nope. Giant crack. Wrong again. The answer is Mark Henry. We can't get enough of him on this podcast, right, Eric? That is true, Bobby. Mark Henry explores Philadelphia and maybe society for the first time. I, it's, it's, has he ever seen a bell before? Has he ever seen a statue before? He sees the Liberty Bell as if he's Helen Keller. Like, he's just touching it in awe. Is his idea of sightseeing, is his idea of sightseeing that he should just touch it in order to understand it? I was watching him do it and I was like, this is incredible. I can watch... Mark Henry touched the Liberty Bell for truly 35 minutes. He's like, and this is the size of the bell? <laughs> okay. This uh-huh. is what it uh-huh. feels like. Mm. Let me get to that crack. He, they didn't get to that part, but I'm sure he found the crack. And, and you are a horse. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and also, Vince Man selling it being like, what is a 400-pound man ride? A horse, of course. And you're like, that's actually the worst answer. What? Nothing about the joke Again, you're making the WWE sense. does not understand transportation in any way. We know so, this I also just love him looking. There was like the, He walks around a statue and just looks at the statue for a while. while like other tourists walk around. They're looking at him, looking at the statue. It's... Uh, he's he's got his best. hands in his pockets like he's waiting to get picked up by his mom. <laughs> and also at this point, nobody has wrestled for like 40 minutes, I yeah. think. <laughs> oh, what do you mean? Jose Lothario and Jim Cornette fucking nailed it. No, um, I would love to see a Mark Henry tour where he just goes, and this is, and this is Independence Hall. Go ahead, touch it. I don't want to hear him talk at all. I just want to watch <laughs> him do it. I just want to see him do it. Just, just see the world through Mark uh, Henry. He just goes, yeah. he walks over to you and just gently puts your hand on it. And like, he's like, just wants you to feel the stone. No, Eric, we don't want us involved. No. We just want him. Listen, I, just I like want an interactive experience with Mark Henry sightseeing. It was This was truly my favorite segment. I think I've seen in any of the pay-per-views we watched thus far. This is my favorite thing I've seen. What do you think Mark Henry would eat on Parts Unknown? I think it's a hamburger in every place. (laughs) He would find the McDonald's in every city and he'd be like, I'll have... Excuse me, do you have a baked potato? Here we go. (laughs) Just a little bit of butter, please. I love street food. We also spent a lot of time exploring The Undertaker, the person. He's not just a wrestling supernatural entity, you know. 
when then Undertaker gave away a funeral. What does it mean to give away a funeral? <laughs> what does that mean? I know, listen, I know he is the protection of the light against the forces of darkness, but when you give away a funeral, do you... Does somebody have to be dead, or is it like a future funeral? Yeah, is it like a, is it like do you get like a gift certificate? <laughs> does, like... does Paul Bearer come out and give you like the options about the caskets you can get? <laughs> He's like, mostly we do urns. We, we're big on urns. Then they sit down, like tell me about our hobbies. He gives a eulogy. He's to come out. <laughs> they get one of those giant pictures with the with the with the roses. Mark Calloway is sitting in Texas right now, and all of a sudden the phone rings. He's like, oh, man, that funeral I gave in 1996. Got to go do it now. They're all cashing in. Bill in Cleveland is dead. (laughs) Got to show up. By the way, uh, we're in month three or month four of Teardrop? It was November is when it started. So my was when he debuted the Teardrop. But that's what I mean. That's when he's like, what's edgy? What's edgy? I know, prison tax? It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. let's not go that edgy. Right. He, <laughs> next it a little next bit. month he joins the edgy. Aryan Brotherhood. Yeah. Yeah. A little less edge. You're still a goblin monster. <laughs> <laughs> There's a part where they talk about how the Undertaker, he, you know, he got checked out and he's still a little blurry out of the eye that, that got, like, that got inflamed. And I just thought it would be really weird to imagine the Undertaker doing an eye exam. It was just like E F L. Nope, nope. It's worse. It's worse. No, no it's better. One, number one. Number one or number two. Number one. One. Uh, listen, I I think it's an L, but I can't I can't fully make it out. Undertaker's parents died. But also, there was a third grave involved. Well, but Paul Bearer was the mortician. So he at knew. The time. And also the funeral director, but he also ran the cemetery. <laughs> but the, like, the insane level that this adds to the character where Undertaker, this orphan at uh, age... By the way, Undertaker has parents. <laughs> <laughs> like, Undertaker had to have his umbilical cord cut when he was born. There was a sweet kid named Kane. And a red-headed punk named the Undertaker. Yeah, I was gonna say, who names your kid Undertaker? First of all, was it is his name Kane Taker? Is it, they're the Takers, right? Please, please, so Mister Taker is under? under. Please, please, Mister Taker is my father. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's a guy who runs a mortuary, and he names his firstborn kid Under the Undertaker. <laughs> and you know what? I think that helped us in our own art. Let's talk about the Undertaker and Undertaker's response. response, man. The fucking pathos that comes out of that dude. I wrote, this is the monologue I want to use for every audition I go <laughs> on. <laughs> Could you imagine if I was just like, Under- here's my side of things. <laughs> Which you didn't mention, Paul. <laughs> I, will, I, will I did be, my chores. I will be performing the Undertaker's retort to Paul Bearer <laughs> from the June 30th episode of Raw is War. Oh, I how we were. Oh I my god, if I have ever And I thought, Kane! Kane, come out! I god damn it! Ever on an audition, 100%. <laughs> this is what I'm doing. And how could you forget the time we learned the truth about Shawn Michaels? I want to also say about the entrance mm-hmm. that when Shawn Michaels goes into the ring and he's dancing, it kind of reminds me of 
um, you know that event for horses, dressage? Oh, yes. Yes. It, that's what it looks like. It looks like he's a fancy horse. Well, first of all, what's really funny about th- that you mentioned that is that there definitely is like moments in time where like Shawn Michaels wears a very fancy French braid, which looks very much so like a horse doing dressage. <laughs> Maybe and I never kind of thought horse. about it until you just said it. And truly, the horse break kid is my favorite thing I've ever thought of. My horse prince. <laughs> but really, you guys, like, honestly, so Shawn Michaels' gimmick is he's a... Sh- stripper right like that's right like that's literally the gimmick like not he's kidding a not stud a horse stripper he's, a, he's, he's just a sexy, sexy boy. boy he's not a boy toy the heartbreak kid he comes out in all this like leather garb he strips it all off he's a horse toy I, <laughs> the horse break kid horse toy Shawn Michaels they also used it to to really like put over Shawn Michaels in, mm-hmm. in the sense of like they were like Shawn Michaels. He he has he gives up a lot of weight to Vader, but he has a he's very daring. He's super brave. Yeah, they and, pitched and him it, as the he's really like a conquering underdog hero here, which is despite the fact that he's got the championship around, and him. also that he's running this entire company behind the scenes, and he's the horse break kid. <laughs> he is a dressage horse who comes out. I mean, how can that be an under an underpony? <laughs> But first, uh, I'm sorry, am I taking the Meredith Vieira? No, you know (laughs) what? You know what, Bobby? Take it away. (laughs) Because I was so moved by the opening video of this pay-per-view telling the story so of a boy good. becoming a man <laughs> a boy toy oh, becoming so a man first toy all, i don't understand let's back up the first thing i wrote was where is my todd pettengill because that was <laughs> no todd pettengill sir <laughs> well we would run into todd pettengill oh, later on. oh yeah no and then we, we get some prime pettengill. pettengill uh so yeah so uh tagline no more mr nice guy yep um and the opening montage Amazing. was just masterfully put together. The cocky, flamboyant, brazen showman in his youth, which was apparently like two months before that, yep. <laughs> now has grown up into into this man who that like night, that night the cult, and... that night the cult grew up, became a a, a mighty steed. <laughs> the the flu thing is that real. Real. Okay. Real. Can I? I actually did some research on this. Um, so, do you know what strain of flu Shawn Michaels had? <laughs> no, I don't know the strain. It was equine influenza. Re- I, that I did not know. No, horse, it's not. Uh, the horse kid. Like, He's the horse break kid. <laughs> I think it's a good thing that the WWF adopted Shawn Michaels because otherwise he would have had to have been put down on the track. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the last, last uh, horse that broke its leg does, didn't quite make it. And let's not forget about the man that made this all possible and ruined countless lives along the way, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Uh, at one point, I liked when Vince McMahon started talking about the Godwins for some reason, and JR tried to bail him out and be like, I think you mean the Biodon. And he's like, Nope, no, I didn't. I meant the Godwins. That's what I meant. Don't correct me. That's exactly what I meant. And you're like, They're not in this match. So. He was talking about, like, who's got the most speed? speed. And also, the Godwins are two huge hillbillies. You're like, They're not known for their speed, Vince. Did he mean speed like the drug? Yeah, I think they're all on speed. Uh, um, I do. I need to say, Vince McMahon is a pretty good announcer. Yeah, 100%. Yes, like, I agree. Like, 100%. As far as, like, the history of WWE, I would put Vince McMahon probably in the top 
five. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's got a very steady voice. Sometimes he, I mean, I guess this is just part of the game, but like sometimes he called it before it happened. He's like, oh, he's going to put him in a, in a tombstone. No, I was wrong. He didn't put him in a tombstone. No, he'll put him in a tombstone. Like it was almost like he was looking at a script and going, this is the time for the tombstone. But also, uh, I mean, he probably, he knows what's happening. I mean, he's still kind of like running the show at this point. And, uh, I feel like everyone's screwing up. <laughs> like I feel like that was the 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 smoking guns missed like this like that leapfrog spot on the ropes and it was so embarrassing. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. the crowd gave them like a sarcastic standing ovation. I mean, like <laughs> that was pretty good. Like we, I feel like I this was a good reminder that I feel like watching WWE today and seeing the crowd kind of like be sarcastic and like know it all and like be smart because I'm like no better. I was like, oh, that's like a recent thing, and it's. Not. No, no, they were always doing that. They were doing that this entire show. The show in particular because it was so bad. No, it's just back then. It's the a- audience looked like a bunch of goblins. <laughs> My favorite moment was when uh, when JR was just turns to him and goes, Are you having fun, McMahon? And, and he goes, Well, yes, as a matter of fact, I am. There's a very good match going on right now. <laughs> I... It was like the dumb kid in class who we were like, You're such an asshole. It was like, Oh, the asshole is an important part of the digestive tract, so I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> I, I love Turn the Other Cheek McMahon. It's it's the most Christ-like we'll ever see him be. He's just like, he, he's just it very makes me like hate him more. It's like I actually do better when he's like a like a scheming, plotting misogynist, just like screaming about how giant his testicles are. That is the McMahon that I know and love. This one, it's just it feels so weird. It's like watching um, Pennywise from It, like just go to a kid's birthday party and do face paint. <laughs> and like, oh. oh, he's good at balloons. No one ever thought of this. This doesn't feel right. There's something where I can't tell if I love or hate to watch Vince McMahon be like performatively cool in a way like I can't tell if I hate it because it truly causes me physical repulsion to watch but I also cannot look away You're so talking he's about like what oh, oh, I, that's right and I'm like what are you doing sir I wrote down Vince dancing is a cursed image it is <laughs> terrible it is we will never get away with that. it's not even just bad dancing it's like do you have bones what are we talking <laughs> It's like he's held. <laughs> Remember in, in elementary school, you would make skeletons that were held together by those yes. brass fasteners, so yes. they would just kind of like, yeah. like pivot like that. That's what watching him dance reminds me of, and it's so unsettling to watch. And like his face, like it, it's like he's trying it for the first time. He's like, oh, oh, hey, look at this. Hey, look, 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 look at how this thing's moves. But also, this was twenty years ago, and he still seemed so old. Like he was, oh, ha, ha! like like you're watching like the old uh, six. Flags dancing old man. <laughs> oh, it was so it was so good. And then I don't even care about the the conveniently placed camera over the toilet when he gets there. Oh, I'm the like, toilet cam. Yeah, care. I don't. I'm like I'm glad it's there. I don't care. I don't care how it got there. I don't care how. Do you think? It. Do you think Pillman was like, look, we need to use a clean toilet. It has to be a clean. The toilet, toilet. did look clean. It I, looked I, very I did kind of like it. Did look clean, but I can't imagine how clean could it possibly. They didn't just like you can never. That's what I'm saying. Like that's the clean. That's like the my only definition of a clean toilet. Like a a cleaned toilet. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Nothing you should touch this ever. So I don't think they would like bring in a toilet. So I feel like would they have just bought a toilet? No, 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 one hundred percent no. I mean, they don't give them health insurance. They're like, put your fucking face in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get the coke after. Put your fucking head in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> 
juice, Brian Pillman. <laughs> Drink your juice. Shawn Michaels called me into his office. Shawn Michaels' office is just a bunch of toilets. <laughs> Listen, uh, we're gonna we're gonna need you to put your head in all of his toilets. <laughs> yeah, they brought in a toilet. They have a toilet guy. They went through six different models to find the one that had the perfect head splash. Yeah, exactly. Hey, this one has the least shit in it. You know Vince uh, Man personally pissed in that toilet before <laughs> the segment. <laughs> Just to make sure. Uh, oh my god, that hurts. This has been great, guys, but couldn't I just subscribe and go back and listen to all of our old and podcasts? And then there was the time we talked about the Armageddon rules match. I loved this match. In a vacuum, Dave Meltzer style, it was a terrible match. <laughs> And it's it not even really a match, but I could not wait to I see what happened next. It was like, it was like when... The, the Executioner couldn't bump a back body drop. Oh, it was <laughs> shocking. Undertaker gave him a back body drop and he took the bump wrong. I was like, this is shocking. It was like when you come home and you're starving and you're like, what's in the refrigerator? And you're just like, well... <laughs> I'll take whatever hasn't turned and I'll put it in a pot. Looks like it's going to be a mustard cherry salad. Like there is, first of all, uh, I will say a great Pettengill recap. Oh my God. One of the best. Honestly, I agree. Poetry. Yeah. Things I still love when Undertaker goes over the ropes and lands on his feet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love, I love, I mean, I love the Undertaker truly. And this is like getting to be like prime Undertaker. And it's so fucking exciting to watch. Mankind botched his own entrance. <laughs> he ran in, he tripped over the, 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 pad the padding that, that, uh, well, yeah. and they're like, are... he, he went after Undertaker's knee and it's like, did he? <laughs> those are a nuisance. That's like, is, did, um, Titus O'Neil go after the knee of the ring apron on him and <laughs> Grand Royal Rumble? Cause that's what it looked like. Can I also, let's just back up for a second, because going into this, if you were to tell me Undertaker's in this pay-per-view, I'd be like, oh man, who's he going to wrestle? Who's who's he booked against? Is it Mankind? No. Is it, oh my God, is it is it Shawn Michaels? No, even better. <laughs> it's the Executioner. You know, the Executioner. Which, by the way, it like it seems like they have very competing. Like they're both in the death industry. <laughs> I feel like I feel like there is room for the mortician. Some synergy. Yeah, there's yeah. a symbiotic relationship they could be having. One is the Executioner, then one is the right. Undertaker. You knock him but... down, I bury him. <laughs> and the mortician will make him pretty. But yeah, I know, I know, I definitely. Again, my my. My uh, psychic powers were were on tonight. When, definitely wrote down. Someone needs to go through that window, and before I even finish the W on there, so they they did. They did it. That it was, was pretty great. cool. They put mankind in a straight jacket. That was awesome. The mace was awesome. They were like totally insane, like not real, but still great that they're doing it. Yes. Um, all of that was so good, and it's like the blow off of this feud of like having the Undertaker be screwed so many times. And then having this where he has to just like run completely roughshod and like Mankind's in a straight jacket, he could just beat the shit out of him was like so gratifying. They're under the rules! They're under the rules! We only saw like three of the matches and it's like we just didn't see the Raws, we didn't watch like anything in between, but even just like seeing the build from the pay-per-views we watched was like so immensely gratifying. What did you think of the two-minute shot of the staircase? Oh my god, when the fucking staircase. The Undertaker and the Executioner went outside and then all the- it's We just can't get our cameras out there! People running. 
when the Undertaker when Executioner went into that water, he just like rolled. It was like watching that um, old Simpsons clip where Homer is like falling down the cliff and hitting his uh-huh. head and just keeps doing it. Oh, it just lasts forever. That's what it felt like. However, the payoff, the best to me, like that made this everything that we saw worth it was when Undertaker picks him up from a tube and the, the water drip from the boots. Boot. I was like. That is amazing. I loved it. That wasn't it. planned, and that felt so good to I watch. I loved watching that water drip from yes. the booth. I really liked it. I didn't it. even really... It's such an insane thing that would not even happen... That they wouldn't even try anything remotely this stupid today, because it's so dumb. But, like, <laughs> it was just so awesome. I, like, I, this was a terrible match, and I loved every stinking second of it. There was a point where it was when Mankind had gone through the window... Where at one point Paul Bearer is like walked past yeah. in yeah, the yeah, foreground, yeah, yeah. just going mankind, and I'm like, <laughs> what is happening? This is this is literally chaos. It is full on, like it, it, was it is fittingly it. Armageddon rules. The only dumb thing that I didn't love about this match, so the, the Armageddon rules stipulation says that after the pin, you have to be down for a ten count yeah. in order for for it to be over. So I was really expecting Chekhov's pin. Count. It was Chekhov's pin. So I was expecting at least one time where somebody would get the pin and make it up before the ten. Like a typical, like how we would see a last man standing play yeah. out today, where yeah, they exactly. they play with the fact that like, but they were like, listen, we're done. We just went outside. We don't know what we're doing. So if you're gonna do that, I say you throw through more rules into the Armageddon rules match. Like <laughs> you're allowed to bring in an alligator. What about all that time we've spent having in-depth, nuanced discussion about how they handled race? Oh, like, did we talk about the Nation of Domination? Not that kind of race. But uh, but next, first we need to know what happens in our race through Cleveland. Oh, thank God. This, I had to watch this maybe six times to understand. <laughs> I was like, wait, 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 wait. I had to like keep going back and be like, oh, 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 oh I'm sorry. Wait, I, I'm sorry. What? How no, do you get to the stadium? That's what makes, I want to know. First of all, it's already happening. So... <laughs> Everyone's there. <laughs> they made it. They all made it. I, I first, it blew my mind that they didn't show that before the tag match with all of the people who right. were involved, and then like give the Godwins like, oh, the Godwins won their race. So also, they wouldn't the Godwins won. take the horse? I don't. I mean, like, wouldn't the why Godwins are they? Why are they so into pig? rapid transit? They, so they were. I felt like that was like there was like a a uh, a city like a city campaign about taking public yeah. transportation where they were like guys we really need people to ride our train like everyone's taking a horse and buggy <laughs> we need everybody to get on these fucking trains we're gonna we're gonna lose our fucking like shirts and it's not even that like what's new or what's interesting or what's more convenient like truly they were like i wonder which one's fastest and it's like are we really wondering which one's fastest it reminded me of uh in in stadiums when they do like the subway race and they're like they're like these three subways are racing and like which is gonna make it and like everyone like everyone in the crowd just kind of like bets on one it felt like yeah. that but with real people it's like a little bit <laughs> yeah, it's, almost... ca- it's ketchup versus mustard in the sandwich races <laughs> Except ketchup's on a Segway, and we're like, wait, 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 ketchup's obviously gonna win. Yeah, no. Also, ketchup is like a contractor, <laughs> and like he may be injured next month, and so get it, film it now. It was the one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. Everyone was so earnest about it, and they were also trying their best to like, listen, we're not gonna shit on the horse and buggy either. They're also like, this is beautiful. This horse is great. Like, it's like, like you can't choose wrong. There, Turns out, there's no bad Everyone wins. I was like, what the actual fuck? It was weird, especially like the just the fact that they like. Re- I guess I guess the tag teams historically are like the gimmick 
the gimmick promos, right? So like, it, it's a fun thing. I, and look, I'm not the history guy. I'm like, not the also, angel. Was of this a fun thing? Like, what? <laughs> even putting in all of my like, like if I was like being like the markiest mark that's ever like marky marked in the Funky Bunch with this, I'd be like, what am I latching? What is anyone doing? It's arguably the two the two strongest tag teams taking no, the two like, strongest forms of transportation all, to be, to the, the stadium. Next we're going to see who's going to be faster filling out their taxes, the body donnas <laughs> or the new rockers. First of all, Zip is a fucking CPA. Nobody talks about that. What mm. is the fastest way to get there? Should we take a spaceship or should we go backwards in time? And you're like, <laughs> these are the options? We have a rickshaw and we have a... <laughs> What were these? What? Why was no one driving? What about traffic? What about we have what? a pogo stick this and an not, airplane. Are people in Cleveland like we're going to we're going to SummerSlam? Should we take the horse and buggy? Or should we take the mass transit? Yeah, it was it was a public initiative. This is not Uber Pool versus Uber. It was so <laughs> bizarre. Also, though, I have no idea what Cleveland was like in 1996. This could be accurate. It could be accurate today. Everyone was taking horse and buggies everywhere. There was a huge horse and buggy problem. Oh, there was the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There was SummerSlam. And then the rest is just a fucking barren desert. Okay. They didn't have gasoline. You guys, everything's still hazy. What if I never remember anything we did? if I can't remember anything we've recorded. Aaron, you can't have amnesia. You're the only one who could remember that podcasts are not a visual medium. I also believe he has, he has like a hand signal that's like a suicide, uh, right? Did that happen on his way out? Like a little a little one of these? Did he do that? I thought he did like a, like a fuck you or like a... Uh. Like a, like a like a, um, none of the the gestures that both of you are making are doing anything on this podcast. Oh, right. It is a visual medium. <laughs> He definitely did that old vaudeville type of thing where he's like, 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 uh, not a visual medium, Eric. What was The Rock's finger spin? I didn't get that. He was like doing like a little like this. None of you could see this. He was kind of like, he was like stirring the air, but not near his head. Ah, so he was he was finger blasting the clouds. Like, like, can you smell what The Rock is cooking up in the trees? Everyone's tactic for breaking up that fight was just putting their hands on the backs of the guys that are fighting. <laughs> guys, guys, come on, come on, come on. Hey. Uh, audio, audio medium, Eric. Sorry, audio I, medium. I put my hand on uh, 
on Aaron's face. Lovingly. Yeah. Lovely caress. Yeah, it was honestly a very warm moment. I wish you guys could see it. I cleaned his glasses. Like That color, ours. it's literally the color of your microphone. <laughs> Her jacket. That was the color oh, of the microphone. It's like daughter. a bluish. <laughs> Thank like you, because again, audio curl. medium. I know, but I'm just saying... Guys, my head really hurts. Should I go to a hospital? You know, it's a pretty good thing Aaron wasn't injured back during the Attitude Era when no one knew anything about technology or medicine. There's an interstitial that I thought was fascinating, which is they're looking at, I believe, Jake the Snake um, backstage. Uh And Gorilla Monsoon goes, we don't know what's wrong with him. The doctor doesn't have x-ray glasses. (laughs) And I'm like... But he's a doctor, so can he just take an X-ray? Like, Maybe Gorilla have... Monsoon doesn't know what medical equipment is. He's like, you're gonna use your X-ray glasses but to he, look at my lungs, he's right? He's like, well, we didn't, we didn't bring any X-ray glasses. I was like, well, then why is he talking to this doctor? Shouldn't he have access to an X-ray machine? That's what doctors inspired the X-ray glasses. You should probably stand behind this lead wall. The doctor's got his glasses on. We don't want you to get was, affected by the what X-rays. A dumb thing to say. You could just be like, we don't know, but we had to say that. And I was like, you guys, just take him for a fucking X-ray. It was bizarre. I was like, I can't believe that someone said that with a straight face and no one questioned it. Commentator's like, I guess we're gonna have to fucking figure it out. He's gonna try his best. Get that doctor those X-ray glasses. And I mean, this whole pay-per-view is so full of just like ad hoc, like everyone is like flying by the seat of their spandex pants. Like it is absolute insanity. I, I really liked how the Body Donnas at one point, they were like, we want to thank all the fans who sent us. The fans are now behind us. They they sent us letters and I think it was like emails and telegrams <laughs> to be our to be our new manager. We like, were singing telegrams. There was actually. a line at Western <laughs> Union of people just going, Dear Skip, stop. I would like to be your manager. Stop. <laughs> uh, Send help. There was actually in in the Raws leading up to this, there was a, um, a campaign where people could, were sending in videos, and the videos were going on, and each one is more awful than the one before. <laughs> this it. was a real thing. This was a real thing. They yeah. didn't read any of the telegrams. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen one in real life that hasn't been in a movie. Oh, they hadn't gotten to them yet. They were still waiting for the Pony Express to carry them across it's, the Mesa. It's like absentee ballots in elections. They don't ac- ever actually get to them. I'm uncomfortable with Psycho Sid's diagnosis. <laughs> I I think it's as an very, for mental health. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think it's very insensitive, and also like not to you know not to stigmatize psychoness, but it would be a little bit more fun if he uh, if he like uttered nonsense in his promos. Like he kind of made more sense, and I wanted him to just be like, oh yeah. If I watched the three of these guys in an interview, I'd be like, I'd point to I met Johnson, and be like, he's the psycho one, right? He's the psycho. He's the psycho. <laughs> He's the psycho, right? Wait, you would look at a guy with with, with zebra leather and you would go, no, 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 he's fine. No, I would pick the guy with his own airbrush t-shirt on. I'd be like, (laughs) you okay, sir? You need some help, little buddy? (laughs) You need some help? But also, again, I need to go into his past a little bit more because um, he was also a member of Ric Flair's famous stable, The Four Horsemen. And he was brought into the Four Horsemen when the Four Horsemen were feuding with Sting and RoboCop. Wait, li- actual RoboCop? Actual RoboCop. I don't know, and this is news. Bobby to me. right now is waving his hands I, in the air. I can't. I'm going like a Muppet? Full Muppet. I can't. I, that, I'm, I'm so WCW ignorant. Um, that is shocking and not at all shocking at the same time. Yeah, so so they needed to, to combat the the overwhelming force that was RoboCop, so they brought Sid into uh, into the picture. 
Yeah, the other fun fact about Sid Vicious is that, uh, Sid Vicious Psycho Sid, is that his hair is actually chicken flavor ramen noodles. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's, it looks like it's like about 15 seconds into when you add the water. I will say, I, aesthetically, Psycho Sid is also pioneering something I'm very proud of to see Drew McIntyre continue, which is like the big hairy titties that I'm very into. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Lawler also said, you get some toothpaste... Uh, because I guarantee you some of his tooth are loose. I don't think he knows what toothpaste is. <laughs> I think it's like he got kicked in the in the face and he's like, you better get some toothpaste. You better paste them teeth That's back it. in. <laughs> it's, it's not like paste, like, like tooth glue. <laughs> Early internet, I used to spend a lot of time on the internet movie database just looking up movies and be like, oh, looks like this person was in there. I'm going to... Click on Bonnie Hunt and then. Yep, that her. checks out. Jumanji, uh huh. Moving on. <laughs> he that was like he out. was like the Wikipedia guy who who, who uh, edits all the articles. Like, yeah. uh, excuse me, sirs, I I think you had this one wrong. This I was, was just and I was just waiting for Netflix to be like, oh, I wish I could watch these movies, but nope, I'm just gonna <laughs> just do gonna a ref- little bit more research. Gonna refresh my memory of who acted and worked on them. I'm trying to think of what IMDb looked like at that time. I don't even think Can't I didn't even realize film, it existed. But I can read the credits. So Aaron, you know how like nowadays you just like tweet at whatever wrestlers you want to talk to? Well, what if I told you that back then there was another way to talk to some of your favorite superstars? We call it the Superstar Hotline and AOL. Did you ever call the Superstar Line? I often tried, <gasps> um, but there was like a lot of like waiting and backlog. They used to do also a show, Hotwire. I want to say it was called. It was Saturday mornings. It was like eleven o'clock a.m. And I tried to call literally every single week and never got through. And I can't imagine what it actually, like what would happen when you get through. You uh, I, I know what would what? happen is your dad would be like, I just saw the fucking telephone bill. We need to have a fucking like, talk. Truly, it was called, I think it was called a hot wire. Mm-hmm. That it was just like, it was like a recap show basically hosted by Todd Pentengill. Uh, it was like a recap show and you, the same thing, like you called in, you would talk to whatever superstar, I guess. It was like very like part Andy Cohen, part like <laughs> Chris Hardwick. Like, Watch what, what happens, huh? Hotwire. No Chris um, Hardwick on this, okay. on this show. Canceled. Uh, but it was very, I used to try a lot. Though again, I don't know what I expected to happen. Like, could you imagine if they did answer? I'd be like, hi. Well, <laughs> <laughs> hi, Mommy Hankinson. <laughs> well, this week. But this time it was, they want to double team Sonny. <laughs> Which honestly, probably at the time was true. <sighs> they were. Everyone was. What's the goal of the Superstar line in terms of, did do they finish the match and then they have to have a verbal match against yeah, each other? I, like, I, why I also, was everybody was there? Confused. Yeah, but also they're in separate rooms. Are they fighting? They all really mad. Like, are they yeah, they're all in the same building. Are they talking to each other? Are they are they mad at fans? Are they differently mad? I don't, like, I'm so confused. And they seem like they were, like, arguing? Yeah. Or, or like... But or were like, they arguing with each other, though? Or were they talking to other people? Because also, why would they be uh, on the phone in the same building? But also, no, why I would thought they, they were arguing? talking. I thought they were talking to Sonny and but stuff. But also, why would they set to up a other. hotline to talk to your favorite superstars? Either? Hey, all right, listen. We have Twitter now. But so before that, that's basically what we're doing now. They're sliding the DMs. <laughs> do you think it, Do you think for people who called in, it was mostly just like you get to listen to these other WWE super, WWF superstars talk to each other and they're like hey welcome to the party line <laughs> <laughs> um except we did have a cut to Marlena and oh, a American creepy online. bellhop yes. in, in the- I they said usher and I was like usher <laughs> um yeah yeah <laughs> next thing I knew 
But it was Marlena. <laughs> Man, um, or, uh, Goldust comes out. The fall of the House of Usher, 1943. It was Marlena on America Online. But I think Marlena's uh, understanding of America Online is that you have somebody type out a, a physical letter. Because I'm pretty sure when they when she delivered that when when the usher de- delivered the envelope to the table, I think that was her version of an IM. Yeah, which I'm so very which, confused. They never opened yeah, that right? envelope, right? It was Chekhov's it was, envelope. Yeah, it was the worst Chekhov's envelope. Yeah, they, it was so weird in the middle of the match to walk. I think I think, I think uh, the British bulldog's wife was supposed to come out and open it <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Jake the Snake, but he's in the bottom of a bottle somewhere. He couldn't come do it. A bottle of Thunderbird. <laughs> but then what's never a disappointment is they cut to the superstar line. Oh, always gosh. good. Always good. Always where it, good. Where it's Triple H and, and who, somebody's who, dead. Who's who the is that guy? And I, he's got the phone next to his ear the entire time. He never says a word. Was He, he might have been working for the FBI. And he's, he's like, we've got superstar. the trace. Yeah, like, what? Okay, you can't be there. <laughs> Is he Triple H's manager? Is he Triple I think H's? He's his like... father. <laughs> it's take your dad to work day. If you want your own phone line, I get to listen in. Do you, That's do you think Triple H is like, Dad, I'm on. I got it. <laughs> hang up. Hang Dad, up. hang up. Anything, Eric, anything else? Uh, no, I'm ready to talk about so, America Online. <laughs> my favorite segment in all of these. This might be our segment is like keeping up with America Online. Let's what check is in. Ha- what did they even, regardless of what's happening, what is the what are we supposed to have the takeaway be? What do they want us to think is happening? I think Farnes, Farnes and Lafon are getting tech support, and they maybe because they won, now they have to set up a website on AOL, and they've got the tech support guys working on it. Like truly, what what is I, the intention? I think it was that that these they're telling the people what to write. To people on the America Online chat room. They're chatting. They're chatting through through people. There's the woman who came straight from Central Casting as a secretary <laughs> in the '80s, like just straight from Central Casting. She is having no fun at all being She's there. Like, oh, Mr. Grant, like they said, <laughs> Mr. Lafon, call online too on America Online. Like that is what she's totally doing. She's like Janine from Bobby Ghostbusters. Is also, Bobby's also frantically typing, mimey typing, <laughs> forgetting again that this is not a visual medium. She's Janine from Ghostbusters. That's my that's my final my final offer. But if we want to talk about people's best work. We're back to the superstar room. Oh my god! What is happening? Are Brian Pullman and Sonny just fucking? <laughs> that was the entire yes, like yes. yes. So many questions. First off, whose hand was that just off stage? Was he fucking them too? Had they just finished fucking? Are they about to fuck? What is Brian Pullman's wife that we just saw on Raw a few weeks ago, convalescing and back to health? Think about all this. By the way, I was so excited about seeing Sonny and Brian Pillman after literal months. I mean, I guess not months for us but literal months in showtime yeah and i was like it's they're the in your house players (laughs) (laughs) it basically became one of those like late night like phone sex advertisements yeah yes yes yeah they were truly humping on camera they were just like feeling each other up and then the announcers talked about it the rest of the night yeah. They were like, what are Brian Pillman and Sonny are? What would one ever condom they're on by now? <laughs> Six? Ten? Who knows? He's just plowing through. Bobby, them. you know they didn't wear condoms. That's very true. That's very true. Yeah. Plus all the fashions, category is wrestling boots the house down, spandex stunning. Jerry Lawler versus Mark Henry. Uh, I Oh, I'd rather talk about a fashion show 
<laughs> Jerry Lawler versus Mark Henry. Because how many American flags had to die to dress Mark Henry for this match? I loved the three white stripes without uh, red on his uh, on his shoulder. Oof. He looked like he got the unitard from the Capitol steps. You know, like the the synchronized like skate he went, dancing group. He and, went into a Liberty Bell gift shop, fell into a clothing rack, <laughs> and came wearing whatever was on his Betsy body. Ross herself. <laughs> Rose from the grave. It was Bugs Bunny as Betsy Ross designed this costume. Listen, we know it doesn't look good, but it probably felt good to Mark Henry because that's how he sees. He is having the time of his goddamn life. Now comes my favorite outfit of the entire evening, which is Sonny in a multicolor velour halter crop top and coordinated flare pants. (laughs) And she skips out looking... As fresh as she possibly can. The I think Mickey hottest... James. I think Mickey James still wears that outfit. Bitch stole her look. <laughs> the hottest woman in in On the Earth. WWF at this moment. No, the hottest woman in America. She is more downloaded than Pamela Anderson. She's more downloaded than Jenny McCarthy, as she reminded us here. She was the most downloaded woman Whatever on the that internet means. that year. Well, it just means that she was hanging out in the men's locker room. There was like one internet you they could download from, so it was easy to track. Well, it was all on was, AOL. Could you imagine these days being like, "What's the who's the most downloaded person? You're like, first of all, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> are we 3D printing a man? It's, it's we, Johnny Mnemonic. Is this weird science? How are you the most downloaded person? She actually has to appear medium? in each person's living room. Like you could barely see who the most searched person is. You'd be like on what on Google on Facebook what? Like this, she's like nope. She is the most downloaded woman on the well, internet. Nobody nobody can stream what? her at this point. She's certainly the most downloaded on in the locker room. That's oh, for sure. I made that locker room oh. joke just five oh, seconds ago. <laughs> the stalker. He looks like. What is the gimmick? Is the gimmick that he's, he's... like a hunter? It's like the, the the stalker is not like a stalker as we think of it, like Penn Badgley on you. Like what it is is more of like a, it's like a stalking prey. And usually, he, he, I don't know if he was doing it in, just in promos or he didn't start doing it until after this match. But he would paint his face like camouflage. He was well. he was billed as from the environment. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> and he looks like you're do you're playing like WWE 2K and you go to the creator wrestler mode and that's just the prototypical. Yes. He's wearing a WWF t-shirt. Uh-huh. He doesn't have his own t-shirt, so he's just like, no, I'll just take that one from the. Or even just a black plain t-shirt. Yeah. Yep. And those, you know that uh, that red and yellow or red and white camouflage that looks like no environment on this earth. <laughs> You really want to blend into like bloody snow? It's for heat vision. <laughs> did you did you see he's still rocking the thigh pads? I made a oh. note this time. Of course, which oh, I what? don't understand the purpose of. Someone please explain. But also his, he he had a hungry butt this whole oh, time. Oh man, gnawing away. Yes, that speedo. That speedo was getting right in it's, that one cheek. What are you doing? I guess like I know they're supposed to. They're tights. They're supposed to be tight, and yet. It's like he got like a satin brief from like a like a sex shop at a strip mall. Like that's what it reminds me. It's of. like Bull like, Durham, where like where uh, Tim Robinson has to wear like women's underwear to pitch well. Like he, like his his lady friend was like giving him some women's underwear to like to wrestle in. Does that does that does it play? Okay. <laughs> That's too close to sports for Bob. Yes, yeah, I know. Once I see even a sports movie, I was like, uh, unless it's a league of their own, I got nothing. Pro, and then I pretend it's the Sultan. Okay, first of all, uh, good mask. I wrote Mortal Kombat. I mean, I don't know if those two things mean the same thing, but okay. 
It was a Mortal Kombat mask, wasn't it? Was, it was, but I don't know if it's a good mask. But that's what it. I mean. Who um, does... I don't understand. I actually. Most... I know when I think of sultans, I think of leather masks and braids. Um, also, like the curly shoes. It's for the desert storm. But I'm mostly upset about the pants he's wearing. Yeah. They're real ugly. Well, they're like offensively. Like I hate to like be like that stereotypical homosexual like queer eye who's like oh these drapes but like he's wearing these drapes they look terrible he's wearing the ugliest drapes but you ask if you stop a gay person you're like please tell me what do ugly drapes look like i'm like well they're burgundy uh and they have like satin stripes (laughs) he i mean the curly shoes made me think he looked like he was auditioning for the the live action aladdin that disney's making like (laughs) it was very bad I, I wish that he was computer generated at this point. <laughs> Me too. And, and I wish he was Will Smith. <laughs> I did spend like the majority of this match though thinking, do I like Flash Funk's outfit tonight? <laughs> and I think the answer is yes. Uh, he's wearing boots that like from like Beyonce era after she immediately started on her solo career. Flash Funk's outfit reminds me of something they would wear on a CW DC superhero show. <laughs> where it's like okay. almost good. But it would have to be, like, very dark, you know? He definitely had the boots of Black Canary. Like, yeah, he could be on The Flash. Like, he could be he could The be Flash Funk. The Flash Funk. <laughs> I, I wrote that, I, and I, I might not have gotten this right, but I feel like I wrote animal space makeup makes him look like a dream catcher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just wrote, look at this group. <laughs> like it, look at this stuff look at this shit like if i was stone cold i'd be so embarrassed it's like him the fucking legion of doom the fuck like gold dust with a giant with these giant feathers and ken shamrock who looks like boston dracula <laughs> i love him oh and what about listen straights i got a question for you oh good what the fuck is a spitball? Is that a real pitch? Is that a real thing? Yeah. I thought that was just from like rookie of the year. Like this was just like a thing they just spit on the ball and throw it. Is that is that is that it? I'll let I'll let the, Can the more straight me? guy than me uh, talk about. It. I don't know. I I don't. I know. I think I know also. What it is. I feel like playing a little horse and buggy match. <laughs> <laughs> Which of you is straighter? Who's gonna make it to the vagina? <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I always assumed it was just a ball that they spat, spat on yeah. so, so that it, it gave more, yeah, like kind of like they used to, um, some of the guys used to put Vaseline yeah. on the bottom of their uh, ball caps and they'd rub it and they'd put it on their fingers so that the ball would slip off easier. Yeah, the idea is um, pitchers, if you're, do, if you're not pitching a fastball, what you want to pitch is something that has a lot of spin on it. And so if you put like any kind of lubricant, on the ball, then you can kind of like get that like get that good spin. And, and this will... was such a problem in baseball. They made a rule, and then everyone knew about it. This seems well, to, this seems like be an insane thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was it was. A, it, I mean, if you watched Major League, the movie, uh, they, Charlie Sheen is that Charlie Sheen? Yeah, yeah. Movie? Okay, okay. They had a whole thing. They had a whole it, sequence but... where there was where like you know. Also in Cleveland, where the guys, a lot of a lot of the a lot of the pitchers will like. I think they'll like lick their hand. Will they lick their hands? Are they allowed to? You know way more about baseball than I do, Eric. Football players, well, quarterbacks lick their lick their fingers a lot, but I think with with uh, with pitchers, basically, because uh, the football's made of pigskin, so like, yeah. <laughs> they want to taste the bacon. It's, yeah, it's, it's like, very greasy. It's like, a... but essentially, the idea is like you, um, if people could sneak it, they would try to get, and especially if you're like an, an older pitcher and you're you maybe you're you've lost a little bit, you want to go for some of those like specialty pitches. 
because if you just try to like nobody can pitch heat the whole their whole life heat being fastballs right right so the what you try to go for is like pitches that are a little bit trickier for people to i think bobby's more so, confused than when this conversation started so jerry lawler is asking professional baseball players how to spin on a baseball is basically what's happening jerry lawler likes to break the rules and i yes, i understand sure my note was if he really wants to find out what's illegal he should ask them about performance enhancement drugs oh because this is the year for it i hey, think right mark mcguire and sammy sosa is that 96 yeah that's this is it's, uh, it's, it's a maybe a, a couple of years i think 98 I don't know. Anyway, um, it's a couple years later. Sure. It's very soon. And also, he's he's sitting up at the very top with the entire stadium empty. And <laughs> if he's that, like, I'm going to break all the rules, just go down a few rows, buddy. Just, he also is the kind of guy who, like, you you know those guys when you get, like, bad seats at a baseball game, they, like, fucking comment the whole time, like, oh, I'm getting nosebleeds over here. Like, every, he just, like. Wait, you're saying Jerry Lawler is the type to comment on everything that's going on in his life. It's weird that that you would think that he uses old cliche jokes. Uh, he probably, when he goes skiing, he when he sees somebody wipe out, he says it's a yard sale. And and while I'm at it, now I don't think we can talk about Steve Austin in this match without going back a few weeks to Raw to one of the most. Fill in the adjective here. Offensive, like insane, uh, off the mark, like totally inappropriate, disgraceful. But also one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I I think I will never get the image unburned into my memory of Brian Pillman holding a Glock (laughs) and just like literally like just aiming off camera, like like looking like he had the fear of God and was going to literally shoot somebody. Now, I was 11. And I. <laughs> so yeah, so let's go back. So November fourth, nineteen ninety six. I'm eleven. Yeah. Um, and I am fully, not fully, but could be convinced that what is happening is real. <laughs> like, could so I remember watching the Brian Pillman incident, where Steve Austin, dear listeners, uh, on an episode of Monday Night Raw, Brian Pillman, who has been sort of feuding with Austin by proxy, has a relationship with Bret Hart. Actually, let me rewind this a little bit even more. Because it's so weird because he he and Pillman seemed like the best of friends. Pillman and Austin used to be a tag team called the Hollywood Blondes. Steve Austin had long blonde hair, and they right. were like <laughs> they were like kind of like almost Shawn Michaelsy. Well, that's like what that's where, that's where that's uh, where Steve Austin had the stunner. Yes, because they were like he was stunning, stunning Steve Austin, stunning like Money Cart. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So they were a team. And then Brian Pillman developed this other persona where he was a loose cannon. That was his whole thing. And he Literally cannon. <laughs> in WCW and in ECW, was like doing this loose cannon thing. Went to WWF uh, and then was aligning with the Hearts. And so it kind of became like a proxy while Bret Hart was out to kind of continue this feud with Steve Austin. See, uh, going to do. He, Pillman was going to do, after being injured by Austin, not in real life, he got in a car accident, which is where he injured his uh, ankle. Uh, or his foot or whatever with injury he had. Uh, but it was K-Fab. K-Fab? K-Fab. That Austin did it with a chair on Raw, blah, blah, blah. So he's home in his home, which they kept saying was outside Cincinnati, but it's also in Kentucky. But yeah, suburban, Kentucky is. suburban Cincinnati is in Kentucky. This was a thing that I had to look at a map Wait, for. Wait, that so, really is a thing? Because yeah. that was very confusing. Yeah. yeah no, Cincinnati is like right on the... I didn't even... I'm so bad at geography. I didn't even realize Kentucky is right next to Ohio. So. Is Kentucky actually next to anything? <laughs> yeah. I, it doesn't make any sense. Also, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's Cincinnati and I stopped listening. So 
Then he's going to give an interview with Kevin Kelly from his home. And Austin's like, if you're not going to meet me, I'm going to come to you. So I'm going to come to your house. And that's that was like the threat. So he sent his kids to his grandparents, to, sure. to his parents' house. To yep. be like, look, but a not man's going to come to attack me. Also, Brian Pillman is an insane person in real life, obviously, and has got like, woof, this is like, woof, dark. Had like two kids from a previous marriage. His wife had two kids from a previous marriage. They had two kids together. Uh, one was born after uh, post-mortem. This is a very weird... I don't know how much... The, the child was born Brian after Pilman, it died? Brian Pillman doesn't live very long. Um, oh. So he was oh. born after Brian Pillman was already dead. Yeah, yeah. There's a question if it was actually Brian Pillman's kid or not. Um, and then the kids... Was it like, was it 10 months after Brian Pillman died? That's what I mean. I'm not sure. And then the the kids also have like gone on record that like obviously they were both horrible parents and that Brian Pillman's wife uh, used all the money they got from WWE and any settlements and whatever, or like whatever they got from his estate, uh, all on drugs. So this is like already like there's so much darkness. Wow, Pillman really is a, a giveaway, huh? Yeah, this is there's a lot of darkness here. So now they're in the house, and Austin shows up, beats up two of <laughs> Pillman's <laughs> friends. But I mean, really beats the shit out of these guys. Well, I mean, when <laughs> like, he hit him with the sprinkler and then the radio flyer after that, the radio flyer that that looked like it was hard. I was like, he's just truly beating the shit out of these like two. Look like just normal people. I'm sure like, that not they wrestlers. were. I'm sure they were some kind of enhancement talent or something. Maybe, but they didn't. <laughs> they might have just been Brian Pillman's friends. Maybe, so like, do you guys? Hey, you guys want to wrestle? Or like something in between, maybe? <laughs> but like they were not in any kind of shape. It looked like for fighting. Why? Why was the baby pool left filled overnight? Why was there water in, in that baby? <laughs> there. Yeah. Are, oh, there are so many questions about this. Where did McMahon get the report that Austin was circling the neighborhood? Why didn't anybody call the police? At any point. Except then I answer my own question because Pillman wore the shirt that says, I don't call the police with right. a gun on it. Right. Oh, God. And then, like, just literally watching uh, Steve Austin just, like, walk around the house. Like, come on out! He's, he's looking for a way in. It was menacing. But there I, are... I remember being frightened as a child. And when the feet cut up, I'm like, holy shit, did someone just get killed on television? <laughs> but there are so many moments in here. Um, when Pillman says there's a fine line between business and private lives, this is the same guy who showed up on one of the pay-per-views we watched and saying how he was going to rape and pillage everybody in front of him. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, my favorite was, uh, I know Austin's strength. I know his weaknesses and his fears. Apparently his weakness and his fears are getting shot by a gun. <laughs> that's also my weakness and fear. I don't want to put that, I don't want to record it, but you know, same. it's and, out there. And we we all know how much I I hate guns. I, I hate them, hate them, hate them. But when he said, when Austin 316 meets Pillman 9mm, I was like, oh, that's that's a good line. That's a really good line. And I missed it. The whole, I mean, like, it, yeah, it's troubling to watch. It is a hard thing. It was hard to watch then, and it's hard to watch now. And I feel like, again, as an 11-year-old, <laughs> it was very hard to watch the first time. So I was like, I... Pretty sure it was real. I was reading that apparently the WWF had to apologize, apologize to Hell USA yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Like, could you imagine being USA like, oh, we're just going to have the wrestling show on. And then they're like, what is happening? <laughs> exactly. What is happening? Truly. I was also asking myself where uh, Brian Pillman got a house with columns money. And then I remembered it's in Kentucky in sur- suburban Cincinnati. It was like, I think right. they're just giving those away. Well, I mean, there's a, probably a part of suburban Cincinnati that's not in Kentucky, and those houses are worth more there. I think. <laughs> like, when you're in Ohio, it's better. My my absolute favorite moment of this thing, though, was when... Who's, who's interviewing there, Bobby? 
Kevin Kelly. When Kevin Kelly says, he saw the gun and he left. Oh my God, he's back. I <laughs> laughed so hard at that moment. Yeah, it was all, all bizarre and everyone freaking out and Kevin Kelly and Vince McMahon being like, I can't hear it. Like, like, oh, has anyone been shot? And I'm like, this is true. I mean, it truly bonkers. Um, It's a lot. It's a lot. Guys, is it normal for blood to come out of your ears? We'd be remiss not to remind you of that time. They, Cherry Pop and Daddies. They did... Well, oh, uh, God. Ugh. The worst <laughs> fucking name of it. Cherry Pop and Daddies? Yeah. Did they do Zoot Suit Riot? Yes, yeah. they did. Yeah. So We did bust open your hymen and... God, Jesus. Hey. Whoa, whoa. Your mother listens well, to this. Well, your mom is listening, Aaron. <laughs> Cherry Pop and Daddies is, like, no worse than that. We don't want to lose her Patreon. Yeah, we, we need your mom. We can't turn her off to this podcast. Eric, you can, you can cut the hymen thing. No, no, no. no. That hymen, hymen thing is staying in. fact, you, you sleep in your filth. Every few minutes, we're just going to be like, remember when Aaron said hymen? So you yeah. can't, it's, it was... Guys, I can't even remember my own mother at this point. Which reminds me. I love how we have like these running bits of our Patreon and our t-shirt gimmicks <laughs> at this point. Oh, man. None of which any of us has any kind of gumption Well, first of actually. all, I'm not going to ask your mother to pay a Patreon <laughs> $5 a month and, and we'll give oh, her more content. Oh, you think she would only pay $5? Uh, no, it's true. We, how much I would, would li- you pay? I would Just... limit her to $5 because I know she'd give us like $100 a month and I'm not going to make my rent off of her. <laughs> My rent's seventy five dollars. Even the rest, of the- <laughs> you guys. We know you're a homeowner. Yeah. Also, we know, we know you're not paying rent, Eric. You know what we could try? I remember hearing something about how music helps people with memory problems. Ooh, good. Well, we've had plenty of musical moments on the podcast. We're here to wrestle in this ring. <laughs> like it's so bad. That's my impression of them of them rapping. I don't know. I it's gonna... it's spot on. Yeah, I was. Is, are they here with us? Are they, are you... Now watch us do our thing. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Then, I was gonna. I was gonna. gonna rap? I was gonna yes and that, but no. I'm just gonna move on. I might cut so that. that. I don't know. No, <laughs> that needs to stay Refuse. in for posterity. Yeah, I... I wrote. PG-13 sounds like me when I get drunk at karaoke and try to do a hip-hop song. What is your go-to, Eric? I don't have one because I will not do rap. When I, I, I know enough about my shortcomings to know that I cannot do it well. Something about your mother. brother. I don't know. No, that was on beat, Eric. How so did that confusing. Enigma song go again? Dis-moi. Zombie! Zombie! And Stepped out the front door like a ghost into a fog where nobody notices the contrast of white on white. Lost my kidney in the hospital, Jack. (laughs) My girlfriend went to the store and she didn't come back. I don't have one about the river and doesn't know where it's going, but we can work on it. Well, then you could have uh, Ken Shamrock living in the van down by the river. (laughs) Uh, Ahmed Johnson's got a hungry butt. Ahmed Johnson's got a ho-ho-hungry butt. Play, Clarence. I was very into I had a big live moment in my life, I feel like. That well, band, I was like, this crashes. is I never, I one actually... of the most beautiful... I thought it was the most beautiful, heartbreaking <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my whole life. Even... I even... You know what? like a lot of TV it shows. It was art. Like, Do you know what? Dolphin's Cry is a good song, and I'll say it. What's that? Take it to my grave. I can't... I know I know what Dolphin's song? Cry. The Dolphin's Cry? I just remember lightning crashes. Lightning flashes, the old dolphins cry. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs>
I don't know what anyone is talking about. Pale blue dolphin cry. Nope. We're just doing lightning, lightning crashes. Oh, okay. I was like, you just said it was the most beautiful Lightning crashes, I know, but with dolphins cry, is that a different? I literally started with lightning crashes. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I guess I didn't realize that Eric has perfect pitch. I guess I'm sorry. It must, it's me. You're right. It's me. You're right. It's me. You're right. You're right. You know what? You're right. It's funny because yeah. two out of three of us knew it. One of us was singing You're right. it. Eric but... has perfect pitch. You're right. Some of that is starting to sound a little familiar. Maybe it's because of our perfect pitch. Now let's move on to something completely different. Also, did you guys notice that there was a, as they were walking out, there was a sign someone hold, that was held, that they were holding up that said, Joseph of Arimathea, and it pointed <laughs> down to themselves? No, well, but is that a biblical thing? Yes, oh, yeah, okay. it is. The is that Jesus's? It's the father? it's the person who I think buried Jesus, or what? What, what did you what did you ask? I thought it was it was the Joseph from the Mary and Joseph. It's not just okay. it's not Joseph's father. It's like I I briefly looked it up and I was like, well, this is a. Christ oh, I'm already thing bored with this. No. <laughs> well, the th- the thing. Eric, you're going to see a lot of signs going forward, and sign- oh, like like from the well, Lord. <laughs> Did you guys see there was a sign in the crowd that just said, it looked like it said, AOL fears Bino? <laughs> and I don't know what that means. I, don't, I just want, I, I, I'm just going to live my, the rest of my life believing that's what it said, and I don't want to think about it anymore. <laughs> AOL fears Bino. That also reminds me of a time that... What was with Crush calling the rest of the guys down and them not responding to it? Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, I don't... I guess I'm just driving home that like, oh no, they're really in dire straits. They can't help each other. They usually do kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. It, 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 you know what? It kind of reminded me again to go back to Star Trek. Uh, it reminded me of when, um, uh, was it? Worf gets like shunned by the rest of the Klingons. It would have been way cooler. In fact, I hope it's a thing that happens later on where like when they kick somebody out, they all turn their back on him. And like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, the guy's like calling for help and they just turn around like you're not getting any quarter here. Anyway, that's my prediction. Well, it's nation domination in space. They're all Klingon. That's actually <laughs> how'd you know that's what we do. Oh, that's yes, that's actually that was the metaphor that Gene Roddenberry went for. And, and the Klingons will represent the nation of domination. He was always future thinking. He knew that they were coming. First of all, I take offense at the in space part. When you're living on a planet, you don't think we're in space. You're just on another planet. <laughs> this is this is Earth Sorry, to this you. Earth centrists, Earth centric. <laughs> Much like that episode of Star Trek where there was the alien all race right, that eats right, people's nerds. fingers. That was not, an, I'm not, I'm not through it. So maybe you're right. Maybe it was in first contact. I don't know. And who could forget all that other stuff that was pretty funny, but never really fit together thematically. So that's when we went uh, backstage to Camp Cornette. And that's where, um, where Jim Cornette accused Jose Lothario of pulling out a switchblade for absolutely no reason. Um, he also, he also, uh, I thought he was very gauche talking about money the way he was. was... <laughs> Seven, eight, nine, ten million. Um, just counts millions. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen million. You know. But um, I have to say, so the British bulldog is undeniably a star in the ring. Every time he talks, it's like he's remembering how to speak again for the first time. <laughs> like he's an actual bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, was like, I'm in a human body. <laughs> my, my wife. Oh boy. <laughs> my wife Diana is gonna stay in the locker room, which I thought was gonna be a hundred percent like she's going to come out of the locker room and that's going to be a major nope, nope. 
that was it. That was it. That was it. That part of the segment. British Did Bulldog, you... one of the only wrestlers at the time that I was like very remember like very much having a crush on the British Bulldog. Mm. Yeah. Once I'm... he shaved like the the, oh, the, uh, the, the Cancun braids off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The yeah, his his Bahamas braids. Yeah, were, that like, had to go. But absolutely the worst. After that, I was like, mm, I even as I was like, that's I'm into that. I, I really liked how Vader was photobombing the entire time. <laughs> it's like he's just like, hey guys, we're behind you. And I love how he was throwing stuff around the locker room the entire time, but you could barely see it. Like it was only in like the corner of the frame you'd see him throw a plastic trash can, and then it would just kind of like fly across the front right there. Just like I'm so angry. So then we come to the main event where where uh so good. where Vince McMahon says. We are minutes away from someone being buried alive in the most nonchalant way to announce that murder is about to take place. This match is fucking awesome. It's fucking awesome. These two are so good and have... And this is not even the best... This is certainly not even close to their best match. Like, they have, like, a rivalry for the ages and bring out the best in each other, and it is fucking great. But it starts off in just that, that first shot from of uh, Mankind by the Undertaker into the steel barrier, is, and I'm just like, I'm in. I'm so in. I want to see everything. steel barrier, right? Oh, oh, hell yeah. Yes. Oh, hell yeah. People's heads hit a lot of things Could in you this imagine match. if they, like, we wouldn't have, I mean, I'm glad that wrestlers are safe now, and they're or safer, and they're taking care of their concussion, and they're really on top of it. But boy, howdy, when they weren't, was it a lot of fun to watch? Mm. Crazy. They were like basketball heads bouncing around on concrete off of steel. No, no gimmick. No, no help. Also, did you guys notice that as Gold Dust's paint got onto Triple H, he looked like he was huffing, like like <laughs> like in like one of the the gutter punks in the Wraith. Uh, yeah. I once asked Eric Silver to name a movie that he loves, and the first thing that came to his mind was the Wraith with Charlie Sheen. <laughs> It's a terrible movie. What did we talk about? Was it, I think maybe we were, you were saying like, what's a movie you love that you know is bad? I don't think I qualified it. Oh my god, because there are movies I like better than the Wraith. I, are you sure? Uh, all evidence to the contrary. I I feel like I just really like there was something kind of cool about the Eric movie. Silver's favorite movie is the Wraith. End of story. Well, That's I'm canon. Just such a big Charlie Sheen fan. <laughs> I mean, the guy can do no wrong. Um, what about Mr. Perfect on on uh, commentary for this match? First of all, I was like, Mr. Perfect, you had time to fix your tie, <laughs> towel <laughs> off. I mean, like, did you have to just come out soaking wet, looking like a mess? It was the only outfit he packed. He was like, that's it, this is all I have. Um, I, him to Stone Cold, you might be some kind of whoop-ass here. <laughs> Wait, he said that? He said he that. What's a whoop-ass? Well, because... They had they were so new to cursing on air. It's as if they had no idea what those words were whatsoever. And he's like, he got over saying whoop ass. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a whoop ass on him. And it was very. We'll see later who the whoop ass is. It's like that that dinner scene in um in Donnie Darko where like you... how exactly does one suck a fuck? <laughs> suck a fuck. Did you guys notice when uh, I guess it was um, Jr. referred to a good old fashioned slobber knocker? You will hear that. That is a lot. Is that a blowjob? No, it's, not, it's like a knockdown drag out fight, and you will hear it hundreds, it's like a Donnie Brook, or thousands of times. Slobber knocker. That's like it's like a Jr. Like no. I think phrase. slobber knocker was uh, one of uh, Stephen King's like mid middle of the road books. It is the, my profile name on Grinder as well. <laughs> a certified slobber knocker. You guys want to knock slobbers later? <laughs> Powerbomb montage. Oh, oh. Was, I mean, how this happened is shocking. 
I am honestly surprised that they handled this entire next segment so incompetently that you're like, truly. No one asked you to do this. None of it made any sense. You didn't have to do a powerbomb montage. You could have been like, hey, both guys want to be champ. Both guys have histories with Shawn Michaels. Full stop. <laughs> let's let's show all the power bombs that they do. Let's let's make it a debate, and then let's not show one power bomb the, in the whole match. The funniest, the funniest thing was was HBK. We were like, yes. "Well, I've had Sid's power bomb, and it knocked me out. I had Vader's power bomb, and knocked me out too. So I'm gonna have to say it's equal. Like if he's judging a pie eating contest, like, well, the apple pie was delicious. The pecan pie." Also delicious. I'm gonna have to say it's a tie. It was like he was so happy they were talking to him. That it's he like, was like he was I on don't... so much cocaine. He is the smuggest. He's just like sitting on top of the world, not a care. I'm just gonna have to say, yeah, fuck, like, fuck that. Heartbreak kids is or like well, I don't know what that. Was. <laughs> <laughs> Corn. <laughs> Paul Bearer being the most Paul Bearer right now. So I, think, I love Paul Bearer, and I totally think that Paul Bearer is literally brilliant. But there's only so much Paul Bearer that I want to be like mute, mute, mute. I can't hear. The oh, you don't you don't like the uh, the camera on <gasps> Paul Bearer where you get to hear him commenting on the match when he's above? Yes, man, God, yes, <laughs> the mandible claw, yes, yeah. queen, and he is so committed. <laughs> Uh, they didn't give me any stitches, but I'm going to bleed again tonight. <laughs> oh, God. Eric's blading, you guys. <laughs> Slayer Queens! Yes! Yes! Can we talk about Stu Hart's face, though? What a, what That guy is like uh, one of the heads on Easter Island. <laughs> they, like, dug him out. They let him. They gave him a ticket to WrestleMania. He slowly walked through the ocean to get there. I love the squad of referees that appear out of nowhere whenever a fight breaks out as though they're just like wandering around in a group backstage just waiting to to stop any kind of shenanigans. The referees are a little bit like the cops in Grand Theft Auto <laughs> where like as soon as you like steal a car all of a sudden like the the alert goes to like one and then you know they've got more so- badges up at the top yeah, people the are starting to the come goes around on. for you like you attack enough superstars and there's like five refs in a helicopter coming around <laughs> the background on Ken Shamrock he lived alone in a car when he was 10 whose car <laughs> That's usually a story for, like, Jewel when she's 19 and can buy a van. I can see this man being like, Ken Shamrock, what's your background? What's your background? Have you heard of this Jewel singer? Because I do feel actually like 97 was peak Jewel. Ken Shamrock did write a lot of poetry. <laughs> From Alaska, got those teeth. I yes. Mean, it was a whole thing. But, like, yeah, like, was he, did he, like, put on a trench coat and, like, pay, pay for it in all of his dollar bills and then... Like sit with like blocks on his feet. Was it like a old? Was it like an abandoned car in an alleyway? Like like, or was it like some high school production of Cats that he found? <laughs> I mean, I'm picturing a van down by the river, but was it a maybe the car was up on like those like those cinder blocks and like yeah. it just had no wheels and he was just like, uh, yeah, it's technically a car, but... guys. It's called a motorhome. I don't know. <laughs> it's a pretty common thing. Like has a title. He lived in a car. <laughs> Vince just thinks everything with four wheels is a car. And Bradshaw is doing his very best in that brief promo beforehand. Bradshaw's got, he's he's just like a couple gimmick swaps away from like just catching on. 
He still has that dumb face, though. He will, he will, and he will die with that dumb face. He's, <laughs> he's, that dumb face he's just dead. like, and they get that. Now he's got that push broom mustache. But see, I I never think of of Bradshaw as having a dumb face, like because I'm thinking of his next gimmick, and I or like, maybe even two. Is he wait? Is his next gimmick smart face Bradshaw? <laughs> Justin the smart face Bradshaw. <laughs> New T-shirt. <laughs> And the awards! Oh, the awards! For years, WWE hosted a yearly award show called the Slammy Awards, and we end each episode of Hell in a Cell Phone with our own version of the Slammies in a segment we call For Your Reconsideration. So for your consideration, I would like to give the Henry Ford Faster Horses Award to the Smoking Guns and Sonny for putting their money on the wrong horse, (laughs) for betting that their horse and buggy would get them to the pay-per-view faster than the mass transit system that even the Godwins... Simple pig farmers <laughs> knew better. Just a little background. I decided because I have a lot of trouble understanding what the announcers say and catching on to what they're talking about, I decided to watch once through with closed captioning on. And I discovered a little fun fact about uh, the WWE network and how they do closed captioning. And that's that at some point when the WWF became the WWE, Somebody went through all of the closed captioning and uh, looked for all occasions of WWF, changed it to WWE, looked for all times where anybody said the World Wrestling Federation and changed it to World Wrestling Entertainment. And so I give the Find and Replace Award (laughs) to the interns at the... WWE, because I would say the WWF. (laughs) The WW Control F. (laughs) (laughs) wow it's amazing it's like you literally can see how little they care for the truth there's stuff in the closed captioning that is like misspoken like there was a point like for example like jerry lawler's joke about arthritis being barthritis they just have it as arthritis they could have fixed that but instead (laughs) they just went through and changed every time anybody says enterprise federation to enterprise (laughs) <laughs> the Deliverance Dueling Moonsaults Award to Shawn Michaels and Vader. Works of art that worked beautifully in tandem. Uh, amazing, amazing, amazing. Squealer of the Yearler goes to... <laughs> Wait, Yearler? Squealer of the Yearler <laughs> goes to, I think, Mankind and Paul Bearer. Because there was a lot of like... And then... <laughs> they both... I can't pick a favorite. They're both... Absolutely um, otherworldly in what they do. The We Hope You Had the Time of Your Life Award. Weird flex, but okay, Ooh. goes to the British Bulldog, who I don't know if you noticed during his match, would just find different times to flex. But again, the Slammy Award for the guy that shows up at old-timey photos and everyone thinks he's a time traveler to Bart Gunn slash Randy Orton. Um, and that's where I'm going to leave that. Because Bart Gunn and Randy Orton, I'm pretty sure, are the same person. It goes to the googly-eyed skeleton... In the Raid Your Grandma's Craft Kit Award. Philadelphia Tourism Board Award <laughs> to Mark Henry, the greatest tourism like uh, spokesman we can possibly ask for. Fiery Texan, like no other, goes to Justin Hawk Bradshaw. Hey! 
and Billy Gunn. Ooh. And Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hey, this sounds like a party I want to go it's, to. It's, it's, turns Uncle out, is there too. It, oh, no thanks. It turns out there are a lot of fiery Texans like no other in the WWF universe at this point. Let's just, we should collectively award a Slammy to the Spanish announcer. It is the IKEA furniture <laughs> Slammy for the best performance of a piece of furniture to the Spanish announce guy, right? I have most likely to have a burn book is Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> because I love the idea of thinking that Steve Austin's like superpower is knowing the worst thing that you can say to a person <laughs> and being able to say it. Like, what is the worst thing that anybody could say to you? And like, would Steve Austin be able to say that? Oh God, I don't want to go down that road. Right, like, yeah, like he'd be like, you, you know, you have no talent, you're mediocre. <laughs> You know. You're not even close, Eric. Oh. My my award was originally called the Papa Didn't Preach Award until I realized that it was Danny Aiello that was in the Madonna video and not no, Captain Lou Albano. It's girls just want to have fun. And yeah. so, yeah, so then I, I changed it to the Good Enough For Him <laughs> Award for Captain Lou Albano, who just showed up, walked past kind of gave McMahon a diss and then sat down at the Spanish announcer's table and said nothing. I want to go back and I want to find the Spanish feed to see if it's just people talking in Spanish and then Captain Lou Albano, Super Mario himself, yelling inconsistencies. How do my hands work award? Anytime they lifted, especially the big street signs, they had no like force as far as bringing them down. But even before that happened, Marlena is has both hands in front of her as though she's praying and the cigar is between the hands smoking it in a way that nobody has ever smoked anything before in their lives and then paul bearer when he claps his hands go into like a paw formation i'm sorry you cannot see this right now and he's just Hitting the bottom of his hands yeah. together Just as he his palm heels together. Yeah, uh, I actually had a note. I was upset that we passed by, but I'm glad we came back to it. Wow. Is celebrating Paul Bearer looks like the the symbol clapping monkey, <laughs> like the one like ah, like the monkey shines monkey. So my American Originals award goes to Legion of Doom, formerly known as the Road Warriors, from the movie Mad Max, <laughs> from fucking Australia. <laughs> American Original is a direct ripoff of something else. I think something's starting to come back. Welcome. Welcome to Hell in a Cell Phone, the podcast where we attempt to make sense of the Attitude Era of WWE 20 years later. Thanks, guys, for all your help. Wait, Aaron, where are you going? We're, we're still recording. Oh, my God. The masked man's back. He hit Eric with a chair. He's taking his mask off. Aaron? It was you? That's right, you sons of bitches. It was all part of my master plan to take over this podcast. Wait, that doesn't make any sense. Hell on a Cell Phone is out every two weeks with another pay-per-view from the Attitude Era. We want to hear from you. Email us at hellinacellphone at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Pod or each of us individually. Eric at Prime Silver, Bobby at Bobby Hank, and Aaron at Slow Pass. Our theme song is There Are Traders in Our Midst by Disco Vietnam, and our art is by Alexis Yavni. Find links for both in our episode notes. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back again next Monday with SummerSlam 1997.